Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Negler here with your Packers Daily Chat, coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It is Friday. That's right. We've reached the end of the week. Thank goodness. Pretty insane week on the old internet, especially today. But I hope I can provide a respite from the insanity as we chat Packers with Packers fans worldwide, because that's what we do here at Cheesehead TV. We are devoted Packers fans worldwide. It's how we operate, people. Um, also, how we operate is by shouting out our friends over at Ticket King. You know you want to go see the Green Bay Packers play football this year, and when you get that itch, there's only one way you can scratch it. That's heading to cheeseheadtv.com. Go to the schedule and find individualized links for each and every game the Packers are going to play this year, both regular season and even preseason. You want to go see the Packers, make sure you use Ticket King. Don't use Ticketmaster. Don't use StubHub or SeatGeek. Use Ticket King, a company based in Wisconsin since the early 90s. They have a location right across from Lambeau Field. Check them out. Make sure you utilize Ticket King if you want to go see the Packers play this year. You know you want to. The other thing you want to do is bask in some nostalgia. You know, it's Friday, people. It's the summer. It's the off-season. Packers have their final mini camp next week. The rest of the NFL, a lot of the NFL is winding up already this week. So we're about to head into the stretch of the summer where you're just sitting around hoping no one gets arrested, right? And so I just wanted to take a minute and have a look back and have to open the floor, so to speak, and have you guys chime in with some of your favorite Packers memories and try to make it something other than, oh, when the Packers won the Super Bowl or some big play that everyone remembers, something that's personal to you. Something that you really kind of feel was important in your Packers fandom. Um, for me, it was interesting this morning, NFL Legacy, which is a great Twitter handle, which I encourage everyone uh, to take a look at and follow. Uh, they, they tweeted out um, a kind of a highlight reel of Charles Woodson back in 2009 when he won Defensive Player of the Year. Um, all the interceptions, the return for touchdowns, all the big plays – it was great because they led with that play on the goal line against the Ravens where he dives through uh, the wash, so to speak, and uh, tackles the ball carrier behind the line of scrimmage for a big stop. I remember back in the day, I can't find it anymore. I'm sure it's lost in the midst of time on the Internet. But someone cut the Superman theme, the John Williams theme, uh, to Charles Woodson flying in the air in slow-mo. And just that entire season was just a clinic on how to play the position and to how to bait quarterbacks into thinking a guy is open, but knowing you got a step and you can take it to the house. Uh, Charles Woodson brought such joy to Packers fans that year and pretty much his entire tenure in Green Bay. It's funny because we are now obviously at a very different kind of moment in Packers history. We've talked a lot already this offseason about how the Packers are resetting their roster, hoping to open another championship window Man, you never really know. I mean, one of my favorite quotes, mic'd up quotes of all time, is a preseason game where Aaron Rodgers is standing with Al Harris and Charles Woodson, and he says, I think we got a pretty good squad. What do you think, Wood? And Wood says, good squad? I'm thinking Super Bowl. I mean, that just gives me chills just saying it. And I'm not Charles Woodson. But it's that kind of leadership, that kind of, kind of veteran presence that – the Packers still have this year, you know, whether you're talking Jair, whether you're talking Kenny, whether you're talking David or Aaron Jones, you know, they still have that presence 
to bring along these young guys. And I, it makes me so excited. But Charles Woodson, man, here's the crazy part. Someone pointed this out on Twitter that I had kind of forgotten, but the Steelers had three points in the Super Bowl until Charles Woodson got hurt. That's an interesting little uh, nugget there. And I'll never forgive Jerry Jones and his crap-ass stadium for all the injuries the Packers suffered, whether it was Charles Woodson or Donald Driver in that game, because I do think the Packers were the better team, and they showed it throughout that game. And I think it probably wouldn't have been as close if the Packers had been able to stay healthy with some of their big-time players. But Charles Woodson, man, talk about coming into an organization, changing the culture, and a lot's been written and talked about, and it's very true about his clashes with Mike McCarthy at first, but the two of them got on the same page, and that's all she wrote. Man, shout out to Charles. It's the absolute best. One of the all-time greats. And just privileged and honored to have had any moments with him in a Packers uniform. And I know he, you know, obviously is very close with his Raiders fandom. The, the, the Raiders fans really hold him up as a Raider, and I get that. I totally understand it. It's the way he came into the league. It's the way he went out of the league. But his time in Green Bay, you know, that's when he won his ring. And that's when he truly showed his greatness with the – Defensive Player of the Year Award, Super Bowl Championship. Woodson was the man. Absolutely adore him. Loved watching him play. Good to see everybody in the comments section. How y'all doing? Joe is here. Of course he is. Hutch, what's up, man? Hey, Nags. What's up, New York? She said, how you doing? Um, get to some super chats. What's up, Joseph? Happy Friday from San Jose, California, Nags. Go Pack Go. What's up, Joseph? Hello from New York City. Hope you're doing well. Hutch, thanks for the super chat, man. Have some beers on me, Nags. My favorite moment still has to be that Woodson. If the president doesn't want to come see us, we'll go see him. Legend. Otherwise, those iconic Rogers rollouts to Jordy. That is an all-timer quote from Woodson in that locker room session in Soldier Field. What's crazy is I remember that was uh, the only time, well, one of two times that I ever had uh, a, a moment where I had to dismiss myself from the press area. Uh, on the B.J. Raji touchdown, um, I ran outside into the hallway and yelled. But uh, I remember watching the Packers go into that locker room after the game, you know, post-game, and hooting and hollering and celebrating, you know, they're going to the Super Bowl. And just knowing that then behind that closed door, Charles was saying that just gives me chills, man. It's an all-time great, great quote. I mean, just baller. And, uh, yeah, uh, just just a great moment. Johnny Rivers, what's up, man? Thanks for Super Chat. Sterling's three TD playoff game against Detroit. Goat. Sterling Sharp. You want to talk about nostalgia. Oh, Sterling Sharp. What could have been? What should have been? Man, Sterling was the goat in a Packers uniform that I have witnessed. And I know Don Hudson, Bart Starr, all those greats, they exist, and I recognize them, and I never got to see them play live. But, man, Sterling, pound for pound, moment to moment, play to play, the best player I've ever seen in a Packers uniform. And that game, he was an absolute giant, no question. Quinn, thanks for the super chat, man. Nags, happy Friday from Alaska. Off to the cabin for the weekend. Love my midday cheesehead break. Cheers. What's up, Quinn? What's up in Alaska? Like, you're going off to a cabin in Alaska? That's a little on the nose, isn't it? Shout out, man. Thanks for the super chat. I really appreciate it. Let's see what else we got here, folks. Um... Dennis says, still think about Gail Sayers going for 196 yards against the Packers in their glory years. He was making cuts that were otherworldly. Man, why you got to bring me down? Why you got to bring me down? Nah, Gail Sayers is a goat. 
He's an all-time great. No question about it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Hutch says, the way people in your generation talk about Sterling is how I feel people in us younger generations look at Nick Collins. I feel that. You know, Nick was on a probably a Hall of Fame path prior to getting hurt. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's so unfortunate how many guys in Packers uniforms suffered neck injuries that ended their careers, right? Whether it's Sterling, whether it's uh, Nick, whether it's Terrence Murphy back in the day, Jermichael Finley. You know, it, it it really sucks. But, I mean, Nick Nick was a great player. No doubt about it. <laughs> Steve, I can talk about a lot of greats in 96-97, but Andre Risen pulled them out of a lot of trouble. I mean, it's so funny. People obviously remember the big touchdown early in the Super Bowl, right? And everyone kind of talks about how, oh, yeah, they got him late off the street, and he came in, and he helped. There's no doubt. But, man, it's not like he had huge production when he first arrived in Green Bay. I think he was a big presence, and he definitely helped kind of bolster the wide receiver group. But it's not like he was out there, like, scoring TDs every week or anything like that. Um, Definitely a vet that helped. There's no doubt about it. And he was very instrumental in helping him win them that championship. But I do think people have a bit of a hazy memory when it comes to what he actually contributed. And not saying that that's what you're doing here, but – you know, it, he was very important for that run, no doubt. I'm not dismissing that. But uh, I think people kind of remember him as like, oh, scoring a lot and big plays and whatever. And he had a few, but it's not like he came in and lit it up or something like that. Ryan, thanks for the super chat. I hope the younger generation can handle the bumps in the road. It'll be rocky. My favorite moment was the instant replay game versus the Bears. Outstanding pull. Man, if you don't know the instant replay game, folks, um, the Bears, I believe still to this day, have an asterisk in their media guide from the game where Don Mikowski was just skirting the line of scrimmage when he threw a touchdown pass to beat the Bears. And uh, very famously, instant replay looked at it and determined he wasn't over the line, and the Packers won. After further review, the call on on the field stands. Lambeau goes nuts. Packers win. uh, And then the Bears put an asterisk next to it for years and I I, like I said I think it's still there but I'm not I'm not entirely sure but yes that is an outstanding game and a great memory Logan says just simply Larry McCarron can I tell you when Larry came on my podcast last year that's an all-time moment as a Packers fan are you kidding me I grew up worshiping that dude both as a player and then as a broadcaster in the local kind of Wisconsin you know Green Bay greater Northeast Wisconsin markets, man, he's an absolute legend. 
And so when I got him on my podcast, I absolutely lost my mind. Um, he's a great dude. He is by far my favorite person to talk to at training camp. And, you know, everyone – I don't talk to him a lot, but they're like one or two times we'll have a pretty lengthy conversation each summer, and it's just great. It's just the best. I totally geek out every summer over that. And uh, Larry was a great player, probably one that will not get appreciated ever uh, for what it is he really did in a Packers uniform. Uh, Michael says, watching Lynn Dickey and that squad was awesome to me back in the day. Shout out, man. I've told this story before, but I used to pretend to be Lynn Dickey out in the uh, front yard. I w- <laughs> this is true. I would throw, I would like sit, I'd go back and pass, quote unquote, and I'd throw it up in the air and then I'd run and I'd transfer, I'd morph from Lynn Dickey into being James Lofton and catch a touchdown pass. And then one time I was back to pass, quote unquote, and I threw it and I got hit imaginary and I like laid out on the ground and my mother came out of the front door and said, Aaron, it's time for lunch. And I said, but mom, I'm injured. That was like the story going on in my head. Cause Lynn Dickey was always hurt, man. He was always getting hit. Cause like, you know, he'd hold the ball sometimes trying to push it downfield. He'd take these shots. So I was trying to emulate my guy, man. Lynn Dickey was the best. Absolutely the best. What else we got here? Oh, boy. Oh, no. Thomas is up in here. Thomas is up in here with a coward quote. Why? How many times do I have to tell you people I don't care what Colin Coward says? The only reason he's relevant is because you guys make him relevant. Thomas, you paid for a super chat, so I'll read it out. Actual coward quote. I came up with six wins based on those headlines, as in OTA reports, SMH. (laughs) Haha. Oh, the offseason. So excited to build something. I did see on Twitter as I was scrolling that he was talking about the Packers being ready to go back to the 80s and blah, blah, blah. And, hey, everyone's allowed an opinion. They're like assholes. Everybody's got one. I got no time for Coward. I don't care what he says. I'm sure he's a fine dude. Like I'm nothing personal, right? But when it comes to his opinions on the Green Bay Packers, I could give a shit. Ryan, what's up, man? Thanks for the super chat. Oh, we got that one already. I didn't miss Tom. Hutch, what's up, man? I just can't speak about Sterling because I was three when he retired. One of the short list of players I wish I saw live. I hear you, man. I can't tell you. I can't begin to tell you how different he was, how absolutely special he was, and what an absolute joke it is that he is not in the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. He, is a, he was a great, great football player, one of the greatest while he played. Zero question. Zero doubt. Uh, (laughs) Randy, I'm sorry to hear about the Brewers' loss to Baltimore. Dude, like, there are a billion games in baseball. That's why it holds your hand through the summer, because no one loss is really that devastating. Until you get down to the pennant races, and then it ramps up, obviously. But, man, it's cool. Hey, guess what? They're still in first place. I'm having, a good, I'm having a much better summer already than I thought I was going to have when it comes to the Brewers. And this is they're doing all this while they're insanely injured. Got Willie Adamas back. I'm, yeah, I'm doing all right. Ed, thanks for the super chat. Dave Robinson causing Don Meredith to throw the interception that sealed the 66 championship earliest Packer memory. Now there's a memory. Dave Robinson is such a good dude, was such a good dude. I mean, 
when we were we did a show down at Kettle of Fish in the village, uh, he was there signing books, and he had Corey turn, uh, put on his Super Bowl ring. Um, he was an absolute menace on the field and a great dude off of it. No question about it. Soder, what's up, man? I knew you'd chime in. Willie Buchanan picks four against the Chargers. Willie Buchanan is a guy who probably doesn't get the run he should. A lot of those old-timers don't. But even like within his time frame, the teams he was on, he doesn't get talked about enough. Talk about an absolute giant. No question about it. <laughs> I like this. New York Cheesehead. Favre to Sterling would have been up there with Montana to Rice. P.S. Rice fumbled. Rice definitely fumbled. I always find it interesting, though. Like, I don't doubt that, yes, you know, if Sterling doesn't get hurt, there's zero doubt Favre would have continued to feed him, right? But I always kind of pull back and think about the fact that once Sterling did get hurt and was taken out of the equation, that forced Brett to spread the ball around. And that's when you started seeing games where Fox would have that graphic, you know, uh, 11 different people have caught passes from Favre this week. And I think that really helped him as a quarterback. As much as it hurt and it sucked to not see Sterling out there, it kind of helped Favre's development because it did force him to spread the ball and really look at the whole field. In a way, he probably wasn't doing as much of when Sterling was there. You knew Sterling was great. You knew Sterling was probably going to win his one-on-one, and you could focus on him, and you fed him. And they did because he was really good, and that makes sense. But, yeah, I'd always kind of think that once Sterling went down, that's when Brett really started to develop into the three-time MVP we saw. Uncultured, what's up, man? Thanks for Super Chat. One of the guys on ESPN Radio out of Madison's stated that he will eat dog food if the Packers win the North. I want it to happen so badly. Well, man, I get it. That's radio, right? You got to make these outlandish statements. I understand. And look, I don't expect the Packers to win the North, and I'm the biggest Packers fan you know. Well, one of them anyway. Um, but yeah, I get, look, there's nothing wrong with saying crazy stuff about the Packers potentially not winning the North. And the list of uh, incendiary stuff, uh, that's uh, low on the list. However, I understand your desire to see it happen. Trust me. <laughs> I totally get it. Mike says, meeting Eddie Lee Ivory when I was a kid. Oh, dude. I loved Eddie Lee Ivory. He was one of my first kind of favorite players. Uh, it, uh, underrated player in the pantheon of the Packers. No doubt about it. Logan simply says, Herb Adderley. Another giant, another great, another guy who doesn't probably get talked about as much as he should because uh, he was uh, elite in his day. No question about it. Grim Chief, what's up, man? Thanks for the Super Chat. Tremont's pick six in Atlanta during the Super Bowl run is what made me a Packer fan for good. The following wins against Chicago and Pittsburgh just cemented it. That was such a crazy game. That was so amazing to watch kind of, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers just out of his freaking mind playing unconscious the number of times Atlanta had a free rusher a free blitzer and Rodgers just spun out of it or just eluded it and made you know insane throws afterwards for big gains I I, I mean I think he has said it and I think I agree I mean I don't think he'll ever play a better game you know uh just an incredible performance and then yeah Tremont's big play prior to halftime all I remember about that game, well, mostly the biggest memory about that game was that it was my ex-wife's 40th birthday, and 
we went to this Japanese restaurant down in Long Island City, and we had the dinner there, and then the game started, and me and another guy just sat at the bar all night and watched the game, and then I got up, and every big play, I was celebrating, and I definitely uh, definitely made a fool of myself, but I don't care, because it was awesome. It was so much fun. Thomas, thanks for the super chat. I agree about her, but did you watch Kurt Warner's breakdown of J-Lo? Good stuff. Also love the pick with you and Grassi in New York City. Such a great cause. Thomas, yes, I did. Folks, uh, Kurt Warner has done two parts now on Jordan Love. I highly recommend checking it out. Kurt, as always, has great stuff to say, great insight. Um, and, yeah, thanks. Loved uh, seeing Tom. I just stopped by for a little bit. I know Perry Goldstein and I both kind of said hello to Tom. I mean, he's in New York. Of course we're going to say hi. Uh, Tom's one of the best, one of my best friends in this business. He's a great dude, and he's doing this whole 30 for 30 thing for a great cause in St. Jude. If you haven't checked out any of his videos, I highly recommend you do so. Um, Any one of them along this 30 for 30. And if you can give to St. Jude, uh, I know Tom would appreciate it, as would the kids at St. Jude. John, thanks for the super chat. Watching four run around like a little kid made me a fan, and playing through all types of injuries made me a fan. I feel you, John. I feel you. It, it, what was crazy is how many hits he would take and then you know, pop back up or even slowly get up and then continue to play at such a high level. Um, you know, there were some rough moments there at the beginning <laughs> when, uh, you know, trying to get out of stuff and throwing interceptions and things of that nature. But always eternally grateful to Mike Holmgren for not pulling the trigger. I mean, famously, NFL Films has that one little session there on the sideline where he's on the headset saying, okay, put the other quarterback in, which – would have been Mark Brunel, and then he literally stops himself kind of midway down the sideline and says, now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then he doesn't pull the trigger, and thankfully stuck with Brett, and the rest is history. So that's a good uh, reminder for people while they're watching Jordan Love this year, and I don't think Jordan's going to be like that specifically, but there will be plays that have you pulling your hair out and frustrated and upset. Just remember to play the long game there. Uncultured. I met Gilbert Brown briefly after a preseason game. I was the biggest dude in the place until he walked in. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that happens a lot to Gilbert. <laughs> that's that's great. Ryan, thanks for the super chat. I can't believe that Jim McMahon signed with the Packer Packers after the embarrassing Martin play. Worst moment. Oh, dude, the Charles Martin moment with uh, Jim McMahon. When Charles Martin slammed Jim McMahon to the Soldier Field turf, is legit the only time. I've been embarrassed to be a Packers fan while the Packers were playing because of something they did on the field. I mean, there were some bad plays throughout Forrest Gregg's years, right? The, the stuff on the sideline with Walter Payton and Lambeau and a number of other questionable hits. But that play was the one time I was like, what are we doing? What is going on? Who are these guys? Uh, that was an absolute low point for me as a fan. No question about it. Uh, Soder, what's up, man? Thanks for the Super Chat. You play in Green Bay. As important as it is to any other team and any other player, it means more to us. Great pull on the Mike Holmgren quote after the Packers won the Super Bowl. It's so great. It's so great, man. Nags, tell me about the Mikowski time. I didn't get to see him play. Tulio, what was so fun about Mikowski is that it was so unexpected. There wasn't anything to tell you, even like in camp and preseason, that he was going to come and, you know, be this, I didn't want to say rejuvenator because, you know, that was Favre. But it, his ability 
to make something out of nothing, find guys kind of off schedule. He just was a lot of fun to watch, and he led them to a number of comebacks. And, you know, the pack is back, started to kind of rumble again. And there were a number of uh, games where, you know, he, he just made something out of nothing. And he didn't have the strongest arm. He wasn't the most talented. But damn, did he leave it all on the field. I mean, legit. A warrior who to this day, to this day, right now as we sit here in early June of 2023, is still dealing with multiple problems from his time as a football player. You know, he's one of those guys that the NFL has left in the wake of everything, all their prosperity now. They could easily help those guys out, and they don't. Sorry, I don't mean to get off on a tangent or a rant there, but it really pisses me off, Um, especially considering all the joy he brought to fans throughout his time in Green Bay. No doubt. Uh, John Semitovich, what's up, man? Didn't McMahon wear his Bears jersey to the White House? He did indeed. Yes, he did. Which, you know, fair play. I get it. I would too, probably. (laughs) Uh, What else we got here, folks? 89 was magical. You you, you ain't lying, Gary. (laughs) The most embarrassing moment, the block punt in the NFC Championship game against the 49ers. Not even close, David. Because that's just competition, right? Yes, it was embarrassing to watch a... Uh, long snapper get bullied like that and to have the play, you know, the punt blocked is a dagger to the heart of, of a Packers fan, but they're competing, right? They weren't. No one was cheating there. No one was trying to injure somebody. That's what Charles Martin was doing. And as someone pointed out, yeah, he had a hit list on his towel. So stupid. I'm telling you, man, that was such an embarrassing moment. Soder says, Amon Green's 98-yard run. I was there, brother. I was in the stands at Lambeau. That was, you talk about a magical moment. Both that run, and then of course later in the game, when Nathan Poole had his big catch down in Arizona. The best part about that was sitting in the stands, you know, Mike Sherman had all the scores off, so the guys weren't distracted or whatever. But then, when the game was well in hand, because the Packers absolutely dominated the Broncos that day, um, evening setting in, and then people... In the stands, we would keep turning around because people in the suites were watching the Minnesota game on their televisions, and we were trying to watch the televisions through the suite windows. And then finally, when Nate Poole had that big touchdown catch, you saw everyone in the suites go like, like start celebrating, and then everyone in the stands started celebrating. And then the players were like, oh, what happened? And then they found out, and then they started celebrating. It was awesome. And then the game gets done, and they flash... 2003 NFC North champs, and everyone's just losing their minds. The Packers went from, ooh, it's got a long shot to make the playoffs to winning the division and hosting a playoff game. I'm telling you, that is one of the most magical moments I've ever had as a Packers fan. That was dope. (laughs) New York G said, I high-fived about 5,000 people. No question. We got here, folks. What else we got? Got that one. Got that one. Got that one. Joe, what's up, man? Thanks for the super chat. Was that a game versus the 49ers in 86? Was 14-14 until Randy Wright threw two pick sixes in the fourth quarter. Max on the radio said, Randy Wright led him perfectly on that one. (laughs) Oh, dude. You talk about nostalgia. Jim Irwin and Max McGee. 
They'll never be equaled. No one. And I, God bless the guys who do it now. You guys heard me talk about Rock and how much I love him. And Wayne Larravee, ultimate pro, fantastic at what he does. But no one will capture the essence of the Packers on a week-by-week basis, on a call-by-call basis, the way Jim and Max did. God, I still hear their calls in my head watching old clips. They, that was just – you talk, Jim Irwin, oh, best pay, play-by-play guy ever. Absolutely adored him. What else we got here, folks? Ditka and Forrest Gregg almost came to blows before the game. Amazing times. The violence was palpable that night. Yes, that's right. Forrest Gregg and Mike Ditka absolutely hated each other, which fed into everything that happened on the field, no doubt. All right, everybody, I'm going to have to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers, and going through some nostalgia with me. Because God knows, it's Friday, people. I mean, I may make this a regular Friday thing in the offseason. Hell, uh, really appreciate the support. Please do me a monster favor and hit like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great weekend. Go Pack Go. (laughs) 